0: Warning, the following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to The The Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media my name is thomas michael clark and this is person of interest these people irrelevant we don't hunted by the authorities we work in secret you'll never find us but victim or perpetrator if your number's up we'll find you we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 15, titled Q&A. Man, how funny would it be if instead of talking about the episode q and I just did a straight q and <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna do it, because it'd F with the format in so many ways, but it'd be really funny if I just did that last second pivot. <laughs> anyway, so... Very, very good episode across the board. Uh, we basically got two storylines going going concurrently. Uh, we got our standard number of the episode, and we have a big Samaritan subplot. We'll start with the number. So this time around, our number is a transcriber at a major tech company. She's working on a project called Val. Uh, Which is essentially a personal assistant. And we get some solid Reese Undercover action. (laughs) Yet another instance of Reese going undercover. Man, it's been a while since we got a good Reese Undercover storyline. It's been a while since we've gotten a great, a, a really, really great number of the week with Reese going undercover and being under and being uncomfortable with whatever undercover operation he's got going. Uh so he is a security guard at this tech company uh in order to watch this woman more closely, and he has to deal with all these nerds, and he is like so out of his element. <laughs> it's like hilariously so. He has no idea what kind of world he's stepping into. Uh, but we investigate this woman, and certain things going on in her life. Initially, we see uh texts from this guy named Alec, and we see bruises on her, and we're like, oh no, is he, is she in an abusive relationship? Uh, we follow that lead. That ends up not panning out at all. Because turns out, She's an amateur MMA fighter. Spending her nights at an underground cage match. So... Yeah. There's that. (laughs) Uh, tech, Tech company transcriber by day. MMA fighter by night. Good for her, I guess. Uh, And we find out that her sister is undergoing chemo. She has cancer, so she is very, very sick, and uh, our number's not really taking it very well. I mean, she's taking care of her sister, but also, like, avoiding her whenever possible. Like, so, she's in a very weird place, but the... The thing that actually takes, the thing that actually seems to be where the threat is coming from is when she's investigating this quote-unquote abnormality. Now, after a while of talking about this in vague terms, we find out that, apparently, she found out that someone was talking to Val and asking for, uh, asking questions about depression. How do I treat depression? Uh, what should I do about my depression? I need a suicide hotline. And apparently, instead of the suicide hotline number, the national suicide hotline number that was supposed to come up, apparently he was getting articles about, Easy ways to end his life. In other words, this personal assistant was basically saying, it's cool if you kill yourself, and this dude ended up killing himself. So, yeah, and she keeps running this up the flagpole, and it's not really going anywhere. And this is coinciding with her starting to be hunted. Uh, These random guys just jump her at night on the street, and Reese has to save her, Uh, pulls the cop thing, and he and Fusco are investigating this whole deal and keeping this woman safe. Uh, At one point, her sister's uh, medical... Bracelet goes off, and she has to rush home, and apparently this was a false alarm meant to draw her out, and she gets captured immediately, and Reese has to save her again. In the midst of all of this, as they're running from these people, Fusco goes in, talks to this one coder who she was working with, and then the dude got paid off, i.e. promoted, In order to shut up. And Fusco went in and was like. Hey. People are dying because of this. People are in danger. Do the right thing. Let me see this damn code. And so Fusco looks over the code. And sends it over to Finch. And Finch is like. Oh. um, So apparently this guy that. Our number is investigating. She's. This person is one of many. Like, this dude was one of hundreds of people who were sort of being given wrong results. Who were sort of being given intentionally different results from everyone else because they were showing signs of depression. And basically... They were trying to take advantage, uh, whoever's behind this is trying to take advantage of people's depression to create more vulnerable and more vulnerable consumers so they can sell more advertising. Ooh, this has not gotten less scary with age. Eee, this came out in twenty fifth. I believe, and, uh, it's 2020. This has not gotten less terrifyingly plausible. This has not gotten, uh, this has not gotten any less likely. Hmm. Ooh, that hits close to home. Yeah, so, eventually... Fusco confronts the CEO. Apparently the CEO has no involvement in this, and the person who is actually behind everything is their CTO, who had this beta test and then hired a private security company to keep uh, the consequences of it secret, i.e. get rid of this one woman. And he's basically like, yeah, we th- we did this successful beta test. We're going to make so much money. I mean, yeah, a couple people are going to kill themselves. But who cares? Money! And Reese eventually shows up and saves everybody and takes this guy down. And we're all good. Everything's solid. Everything's great. Uh, This woman goes off, uh, quits her job to pay more closer attention to her sister. And then eventually moved to another city where she can go pro in the whole fightin' deal. And this whole targeted advertising by stoking people's depression uh, has been put a stop to. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, Finch runs into a Nautilus flyer That is scary close to the one he first encountered. Like, lost dog flyer, numbers leading to GPS coordinates, and everything. Like, it is exactly the same. And embedded in the image are the words, you were right. Finch goes to these coordinates and finds Claire, this one woman, uh, this young, young th- this one young woman, I can't talk, who played the Nautilus game and Finch tried to uh, talk off the ledge and failed at. She has shown back up. And is saying, like, you were right, the people behind those, that Nautilus game were terrible, they're after me, I had to escape, you have to help me. Uh, in fact, she even gets shot by a sniper. And Finch uh, gets her out of there, Finch rescues her. Uh, they end up hiding out at a funeral home, where Claire tells Finch all about... What happened? Uh, She fell into this group after she won the Nautilus game. And basically, she was told to hack certain targets, to hack certain databases. And it turns out every single job she pulled led to some innocent person's death. And then Finch finally lets her in on... The reality of Samaritan tells her, like, yeah, uh, this group is working for an evil AI called Samaritan, blah, 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 trying to remake the world in its image, blah, blah, blah. And all of that. And at this point, this girl's like, wait a minute. I have this flash drive. Uh, The last thing I did before I left was steal this one little piece of source code. And in the file, the file was labeled Samaritan. So we can use this code to attack Samaritan. It's at this point that Finch becomes very, 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 very suspicious because all this sounds a little bit too good to be true. And very easily, like he doesn't know what's on this flash drive. For all he knows, it's something that Samaritan put in there itself so that it could use Finch to find Reese and Brood and everyone else uh, and kill him. Like, he has no idea. He has no confirmation. So we basically have to deal with this question of, is Claire still working for Samaritan or is what she's saying true? And we deal with this entire, like, question mark of, uh, okay, where do Claire's allegiances lie? Uh, I'm not going to get too far into the nitty-gritty of it, because it's very much a back-and-forth thing. But it is very cleverly handled. Uh, it is very well done, and really spectacularly handled. Uh, they write this very, very well. And eventually, it's looking like... It's looking like she is on the side of good. It's looking like she's telling the truth. And then she slips up just a little bit and calls Finch Harold, even though he never told her his name at any point. And that's when he kind of realizes, oh, shit, Samaritan. And that's when she realizes, oh, shit, I screwed up. (laughs) And at this point, she holds him at gunpoint and is like, come with me. And I'll have you meet Samaritan. I'll have you see what Samaritan looks like. And she ends up taking him to this school. This charter school that was set up by Samaritan. Samaritan saying, oh, the education system is not great. This, this works so much better. This is a much better way. This is the best education these kids will ever have. Like, See, Samaritan wants to make the world better. And Finch, at this moment, and she's actually trying to get Finch to join them. She's actually trying to recruit Finch to Samaritan's army, or they'll kill him. And Finch is like, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe this is this is great, and it's great for the kids, but um, Samaritan had you shot in order to convince me that its intentions were good, how far would it go to indoctrinate these children? And this is when, like, Finch sort of gets carted out, gets walked out of the school, and he's about to land fully in Samaritan's clutches until Root shows up and rescues him! Yay! Root's back for, like, two seconds in order to rescue Finch and then leaves. But Finch is back. Finch is good. Finch is safe. But Claire got away. She stole Finch's laptop, which he did put a tracker on. That then gets immediately disabled. So, it's a draw. Nobody won. Nobody lost. It was just sort of... Well... That happened. And at this point, Greer's like, Okay, uh, go through that entire laptop, see what you can find. Be careful, because this is Finch we're talking about. Uh, He has a conversation with Claire. And he's like, Oh, you did a good job. And Claire's like, Um, hey, so... Still on board the Samaritan train. Still all good here, but... You were supposed to miss with the sniper? I could have been killed. I could have died. And Gris like, oh, it would have been for a good cause. And then he walks away in order to sit down with this company that he is about to acquire... And the company is the exact tech company responsible for Val. So tying this all together, all of this whole uh, voice recognition, like voice assistant... Targeted advertising, bleep, 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 all that stuff that we've been dealing with this entire episode, that's now in Samaritan's hands. Fun. Fun. Man, it's just, I want to go back to that charter school thing for a second. Because this is why I love Person of Interest so much, and this is why I love the way they write the Samaritan machine conflict. Because they could have very easily seen, they could have very easily written Samaritan as just everything it does is bad, everything it does is awful, Uh, they're sending us into a 1984 world, uh, and that's it. But, like, there's little things like this where we see Samaritan doing good. And it makes you question for just a second, like, wait a minute, is Samaritan the good guy here? And then you... And then it makes you think about that just long enough for the show to say, I mean, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. No one's saying this isn't good. But also, it's for its own purposes. Like, it's doing this because it serves itself. Uh, It had that great day where everything went right way back when. In order to prove a point to the machine. It uh, made that town and revitalized that town and and made it all happy and wonderful just to study us like we're pets. Uh, It opened up this charter school to indoctrinate kids. Uh, It did the tablets thing to indoctrinate kids. Like, but these are like very, very difficult questions of... Is this right of Samaritan or is this wrong? Is Samaritan doing this out of altruism or is it doing this out of self-interest? Like, it, 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 it's really difficult questions that this series is asking. Provides no easy answers, and it's like just so brilliantly handled. I love this show. Like, I just, I just wanted to spend time on that because it just shows. It really, really shows how good the writing on this series is, and how nuanced and brilliant it is. Anyway, uh, solid episode all around. Uh, if you like this, favorite of the podcast Anchor.fm slash TV Archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simplest just to push up a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined, to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, tomtom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge us a dollar a month, I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll put up there once every month, or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor, I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 16. Talk to you then.